Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Also, slight warning. Uh, I ordered a Deliveroo just yeah, before got, we recorded. I've got a Domino's on the way, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so if we cut the podcast short, it's because you've got to eat. <laughs> the following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Allison and here's Dave Craig. Ahoy, hoy, Peter. Good morning to you. From, good morning. It's the evening when we're recording it. And uh, it is, yeah. makes no difference to podcasts as we've previously discussed. Good d- day to you. Good day. Uh, I hear you're, you're, well, I hear you're, this is because you told me. Um, <laughs> hey, on the grapevine of, you're, of <laughs> you're very sweaty. Oh, I'm so sweaty, mate. It's honestly, this is... For those of you that live in the sort of southeast of England, uh, it's it's Tuesday and it's it's a heat wave, Pete. It's definitely a heat wave. It's three hundred million degrees. It's hot up north as well, Dave. Is it? How hot is it though? I don't want to uh, one up you, well, but I just have a feeling I, it's. Hot. I just cycled home and it was twenty eight degrees. Yeah, I think we're on about thirty four at the moment. Always. It's ridiculous. It's, it's just ugh. anyway. So there you go. If you if you I don't know if you hear some sort of like squelching or anything <laughs> i don't know how sweating manifests wow. itself on a podcast anyway basically if you're under any illusion that uh podcasting is a glamorous art form and we're all sort of sitting here in our swanky air-conditioned studios uh absolute rock stars very much not the case is it pete both sat in sweaty rooms in our houses uh a bit of admin before we start pete two bits of admin actually i'd say one the quiz Yes, quiz. The next quiz will be on the final Sunday of the month, as per usual. Get it in thy diaries now, Sunday the 30th of August. And if you're a uh, United Kingdom listener, that is the day of uh, before a bank holiday Monday. So, we lads, 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 let's all... Although I'm, I'm working on the Monday. Oh, for God's sakes, Peter. I know. What time? I, know. Uh, I don't actually know just yet. Okay. Well, that's fine. Look, you know, we can't be held responsible for your work hangover. That's what I'd say. Well, no, no. Um, so that's one. And then uh, the second one, I'm just going to do that mysterious thing that everyone hates. But I think next week we're going to announce a thing, aren't we? What are we announcing? Well, if I tell you, we have to bleep it. Yeah, I'll just bleep it. Well, let's announce the... Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't be that surprised. How many minutes ago do you reckon we discussed it? I'd say four, four minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, possibly off air we even it? less than that. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so there you go. That was the smooth uh, sort of thing you will expect from Friends with Friends, I'm sure. Um, and should give you an idea of how exciting the thing we're about to announce is. <laughs> but Pete forgot it with within four minutes. No, it, it is exciting. It is exciting. Um, uh, hey, Dave, how organised is this week's episode suggester? This week's episode suggester is our most organised thus far. Let me take you through the Instagram DM we got. And Amy left Instagram two years ago and literally came back just to do the quiz and send us this message. So uh, in the first place, that is more effort than I would expect. Does she love the podcast? Uh, We should listen to the voice note, Peach, shall we? And find out. Yes. So first up is the voice note, which sounds a little bit like this. Hi, guys. This is Amy from London. And I've been listening to the podcast for a very long time and always thought it was completely wild that no one has picked my favourite episode. And that's the one with Princess Consuela. Um, And this is a rare one where probably the most memorable plot point is the one in the title. But this isn't just the episode where Mike changes his name to Crap Bag to teach Phoebe a lesson in a very appropriate and kind of loving way. Um, But it's also the episode where Rachel interviews at Gucky while at the next table to her boss, Mr. Zalna, and she asks, whatever happened to just singing for no reason. I really enjoy when you go into detailed analysis on relatively minor questions uh, because that's what I've been doing with friends for years. So I'd really like your opinion on what's going on when Rachel and Ross meet Mark and Ross brags that he got tenure when it's immediately revealed afterwards that he didn't even remember who Mark was. Just bragging for no reason, I guess. Anyway, I hope you enjoy talking about the episode and good luck in the quiz. Well, do you know what, Pete? You flagged a very good point there on a technicality. Amy hasn't actually said she loves the podcast, which is usually our prerequisite. Can we find someone else and do a different episode? (laughs) I wish we'd had the foresight to think of that, Pete. Uh, No, no, no. Well, look, she did say in it, I think she said, I enjoy uh, when when you go into details. That's fine. That's enough for us on a technical level. Um, Yes. Also like that she sent a voice note with an episode request. Uh, and some of the highlights, and also has posed a sort of a conversation, like like she's set up some homework, hasn't she? Can you discuss when, you know? Yes, very specific, but I, to be fair, Amy, I, that, is, that is in my notes, yes. so don't worry. Don't worry, we will get to that. Uh, and as she uh, hinted at there, and by hinted at I mean literally said, uh, she's done a quiz for us, uh, and she's put the quiz... Uh, questions in one Google Doc, Pete, and Amazing. the quiz answers in a separate Google Doc, so we can both play it. Great, along together without looking at the answers. You know, that is great. Uh, and she's also, oh no, hang on, a fourth level of organisation from Amy. She's also provided the quiz answers in voice format. Oh wow! So uh, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll go through the questions and then we'll listen to Amy doing the answers afterwards um so yeah the one with princess consuela season 10 episode 14 uh, just before the one where estelle dies which she's done quite recently and mm. just following the one where joey speaks french which is uh, an episode often mentioned in this podcast isn't it uh, amy sort of caught us up with a, most of the plots which is rachel's got an interview for for gucky uh phoebe tries to change her name and uh, Monica and Chandler, the one she didn't mention is, uh, according to the Wikipedia synopsis, Monica and Chandler plead with a depressed Joey to see their prospective new house, and he meets an eight-year-old girl who makes him realise he needs to let them go. So, we've got Gucky, we've got Princess Consuela, and we've got Little Girl Ghosts. Uh, Where do you want to start, Pete? 
Let's begin with the little girl ghosts. Little girl ghosts, yes. So what I'm going to say is, at the start of this episode, I'm going to say I really enjoy this episode. There's a lot going on here. But I would say that half the char- the main characters in this episode are really fucking annoying. Like, yes. Ross, Rachel, and Joey are all either, like, bizarrely annoying in their actions and their spit in their words, or, in Joey's case, just, just being a little whiny little prick isn't he but like there's it's it's an odd one because there's a real i don't know i watched this and a lot uh, a few points through i was like god they're being really weird and annoying i'd say that mostly applies to to ross it will come as mm. no surprise to anyone that, that <laughs> ross is being quite annoying um, <laughs> yeah. but ross's first moment in this episode it, it, when he walks in on chandler monica phoebe and mike having their little dinner party yeah and, and Monica has a problem with Ross walking in on their dinner as if as if boundaries have ever been in place before. <laughs> exactly what I She's write. It's like, Ross, we're trying to eat. It's like, so what? Yeah. doesn't matter normally. Yeah, you can't for 10 years have absolutely no discipline and social yeah. boundaries. And then the one time you want to have dinner go, hang on, mate, what the hell do you think you're doing just wandering <laughs> yeah. in? Uh, but again, that is the start of Ross being quite annoying because he doesn't pick up on any of the social hints, does he? And neither does Rachel when she bumbles right in afterwards. Mm. Um, I mean, actually, it's worth just touching on the cold open before we get to the, the new house and the little girl ghost because it's a kind of a standalone bit. So yeah, like you say, Monica and Chandler, Mike and Phoebe are having this couple's dinner um and there's not much to it apart from the fact that monica says that chandler makes jokes about swinging which is why people never want to come over for a couple's dinner like we've been with these characters for 10 years now we don't know any of these couples especially not the specific couple they refer to who's the portuguese couple they had over for dinner that is a strange reference isn't it yeah they're just an insufferable couple. It's implied, isn't it, in this cold opening, that um, that there was a real, like, incident when the, this Portuguese couple came over and Chandler made them feel so uncomfortable talking about swinging that they left and have sort of never been seen again. If you are joking about swinging, then I imagine that that may... I don't know. If you joke about swinging, does that tell people that you're not interested in swinging? Or if you joke about swinging, does that make people think that you're trying to get the topic on to yeah see uh, if someone joked about swinging to me i think i would i would jump to the conclusion that they were testing the waters they were laying some groundwork yeah yeah because unless it was very clear that it was a massive joke and it was never going to happen um i would uh, yeah i think i think you would be a bit like okay is this why they've invited us over especially if it's the host couple of the evening you know I don't know. I've never, I've never had the sort of joke manoeuvre into a swinging orgy, I guess. That's yes, never happened in my not life. Not yet. Not yet, Pete. A, there is always time. But yeah, I just felt sorry for Mike in this, uh, in this scene because whilst all the social boundaries were going out the window, he's quite new to this group and he must just be thinking, what? who are these people? Like, what I do they like, do? I feel like we haven't really talked about Mike much. No, we haven't actually. We've done a, f- a few episodes with him in, but never really delved into him as a character. I mean, the one thing that we we might have said about Mike, but is very much worth noting, is how well he slots into this. Yeah, he feels very embedded in the gang, doesn't he? He does, and he is in the final scene, you know, in the final episode, he's there. Like, it's yeah. the, the we say goodbye to the seven people, having had six to start with, and everybody else comes and goes, and everybody else gets together within the group. But somehow Mike has just slotted in and no one's gone. This is a bit, 
It's a bit of a bold move from Mike to be a friend, you know? And a very commonly made observation, uh, Paul Rudd does look exactly the same now as he does that. Actually looks better now yeah. than he did then. Agreed. Absolutely wild, isn't it? He's He has not aged but a bit. Okay, so onto the new house and the little girl ghosts and all of that. Um, so yeah, so Monica and Chandler are, they've bought their new house. Well, it's, it's currently an escrow, isn't it, Pete? A joke I did not understand the no, first time I watched neither. it. And then was me pleased neither. when Chandler also didn't know later in the episode. So I assume that's some sort of part of the, the house buying process. Uh, yes, yeah, so escrow is, as I understand it, having not checked at all and just assumed this is what it is for the last 10 years of my life. I think escrow is where you put the money... It's like a holding middle ground, a sort of right. pur- a purgatory for money. So you you chuck the money into escrow, so the the realtor keeps it or the bank keeps it or whatever, and then they release it to the other people. You know, it's the halfway. Okay, okay. I'm with you. The halfway funds point that could entirely be wrong, Pete. That's just what I I think someone once told me. That's what it was. So you said it with confidence. Yeah, so didn't I though? I just I'll as I was it. saying it, I was like, I, I definitely know what escrow is now. And then I was like, do I though? <laughs> Where have I got this from? But I yeah, trust you. As I understand it, Pete, that's what escrow is. If it's not, then everybody else didn't understand the joke either, apparently. And also, who cares? Also, crucially, who cares? Well, yeah, it's interesting that they've written so many jokes in this episode about the word escrow, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Considering it turns out one of the characters doesn't even know what it is. I think this part of the episode is a good example of Joey's regression. Like, he is... Mm intellectually better by an eight-year-old isn't he right so there's a lot going on there not only is he intellectually bettered but being counseled by being counseled by and there's also everybody else is seemingly treating joey like he is a 10-year-old or an eight-year-old in the sense that it's fucking weird for a 32-year-old man to be on the phone to an eight-year-old girl he's just met, isn't it? Like, that's weird. And seemingly, everybody's like, oh, it's just Joey. Just that, You know, that's that's his intellectual level, so it's fine, and he's absolutely harmless. But it is odd, isn't it? Also, with repeated viewings, I've noticed more how Joey... Like, almost every episode towards the end has some sort of reference to Joey being really unhappy with the fact that everything's changing. Right. So much so that, like... In, in this episode, it, it genuinely is making him really unhappy, the fact that things are changing. And it does kind of make the whole ending for him in that you don't really know what he's going to do next, apart from a failed spin-off. Um, <laughs> it, it just, it kind of makes it, it quite bleak for Joey, I think. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's, it's hammered home how sort of down and depressed he'd be if everything changed and then yeah. the ending is and it has changed bye joey yeah <laughs> it's it's changed get over it sorry mate all the best so yeah i don't really know what their thinking was behind the ending of joey's character maybe it was setting him up for the the spin-off like you say so basically everybody else's character is resolved and joey's can't be resolved because he needs to go off and find his new his new thing you know joey uh, when it's revealed that he's getting his own bedroom at Chandler and Monica's. Mm. Um, the, the two things he asks for, Dave? Uh, an aquarium and a sex wing. If you went into somebody's bedroom, <laughs> which was in a family home, um, and saw an aquarium and a sex wing, um, that, I mean, strong sort of psycho vibes. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I mean, I think we have to pedal back slightly to the fact that it's fucking weird that Monica and Chandler 
give him his own room like yes. again he's a grown man he's not an eight and this is a part of another part of the thing that, I, that struck me as like they're just treating him like their child yeah and Chandler says something like oh well, you didn't think we'd find a new house and not have a joey room do you well yeah i kind of yeah. feel like you don't need one <laughs> kind of feel that's kind of part of the deal of you being in your early 30s having children getting married and getting your own place like yeah they're like famously trying to get away from the, the strange social boundaries thing aren't they you can just walk in whenever he likes and go up to his sex swing <laughs> sex swing um i did enjoy the little girl ghost joke there that that really made me laugh and joey's reaction to that was like sort of peak joey and and a nice little um flash of old chandler i think a couple of other bits that i noticed that were interesting uh one it's basically not just implied said that on the way joey apparently hit his head on a mailbox at 70 miles an hour (laughs) like Uh, which is surprising that's not killed him i was gonna say it might explain his intellectual decline but this is the episode after um the one where joey speaks french so it's just all part of the he's he's already well on his way down (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and then yeah we just the the, the whole scene with with h the eight-year-old you know who the eight-year-old is right pete Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning. What was she in as a small child, which made her really well known? I am Sam. Oh. She oh, rose to prominence at the age of seven for I am Sam, Uptown Girls, The Cat in the Hat, Man on Fire, War of the Worlds, Charlotte's Web, all of that. I mean, that's shitloads of films to do when you're a child, isn't it? That's too many, isn't it? I'd say, yeah. Fair bloody play to you. Oh, do, oh, do you know what the most depressing thing about this is? Dakota Fanning now is 26 years old. <laughs> now like we just watched this episode and go oh look it was dakota fanning when she was young she's still really bloody young hang on so that film was six uh, this was filmed 16 years ago she's 26 now so when she did so she was 10 yeah playing an eight-year-old yeah okay oh i was really worried that i'd done some really shit maths there she's 26 and this was 16 years ago that's what you're saying yeah yes yeah so she was 10 the Good. end. The end. <laughs> Hi there, I'm Yasmin Akram. Join myself and my friend Philippa Dunn each week for our podcast, We Heart Worry, a show about cars and their engines. Obviously not. It's a show where we talk about our fears, our worries and our anxieties in a bid to help you with yours. And we just have a laugh as well. So join us. There's nothing to be scared of. I promise. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Right, on to Rachel's job interview, is it? Yes. Do you know what? This wound me up from a <laughs> from a sort of from a sort of plot point of view because yeah. you would just say so Rachel arrives, doesn't she, for her interview and uh her boss, Mr. Zellner, is on the table next to her so she's very fearful about having an interview understandably yeah and the waiter when she asks to to sit somewhere else says but that's his his table it's the table he has all the time you would just say i know it's his regular table yeah but he'll understand when i explain please move me yeah 100 percent. problem solved done yes exactly and that is exactly the problem with the whole thing isn't it is that even if the waiter wouldn't move you, when he arrives, you'd be like, look, can we have a word over here very quickly, please? Yes. Second problem. Surely Mr. Zellner, big boss at Ralph Lauren, knows Mr. Campbell, big boss yes. at Gucci. Like, yes. the fact that she's like, I'm on a date, and then this guy turns up, and she could play this charade out. Like, I don't know how big the New York-based fashion industry is, but surely two people of that seniority have bumped into each other at things and at least are aware of you like be pretty bad on both their accounts if you're not aware of your sort of rivals and the equivalent people in that position right absolutely but also um can you be fired for interviewing for another job interesting isn't it i was wondering this if you're not theoretically allowed to ever interview for another job when you have a job how do you ever get a new job well exactly it's it's an odd one isn't it and i know people are always very sneaky about oh i'm taking the you know i'm calling in sick but i'm actually going for an interview for a different job and i guess there is an element of that hiding from it but i don't know wouldn't i can i can understand why mr zana is pissed off because you know he doesn't want to lose rachel and off she goes to another interview but also just kind of what happens wouldn't wouldn't you wouldn't if you were rachel wouldn't you just sort of be like look i'll be honest i love working here but this is double the money and it's this and you know you just say x y and z yeah and, uh, well, it kind of ends up with what Ross ends up doing for Rachel with Mr. Zellner, bartering your way into a better salary and a better position at your current job or whatever. The two moments that annoyed me most about this episode were this, Rachel arriving at the restaurant and explaining to the waiter what Gucci is. Like, it was cringeworthy, wasn't it? But she, God, she looks stylish, doesn't she? Doesn't she, though? Doesn't Peak she? stylish Aniston, I think. Yeah, not, not very date dressy, though. No, true. Very job interview dressy. But her, as Amy said in her voice note, what happened to just singing for no reason is really well delivered. Yeah. And I'd say, actually, the Mr. Gucci is very uh, um, tolerant of... She's being insane at this point, like absolutely yes. wild. She's already started talking about a dating profile and then just started singing for no reason within 15 seconds of him arriving. You know, you said earlier about... Was it escrow? Yeah. Um, when's a good time to ask what the hell tenure means? Again, is this just, I don't, I, this is one of those things where it's either 
something that we don't understand called American, or it's called something we don't understand called the real world. And we're is he saying all... tenure like the length of time, like tenure, or is it ten year? No, no, tenure. T e n u r e. But it's like I got tenure, and now I, I can never be fired. Like what? Yes, exactly. So What's this sort of immunity to any sort of HR standards. Yeah, it appears to be an academic thing where they say you've basically got a job for life. Well, the job for life of bloody problem, isn't it, with society these days? Yeah, I know. Um, the original form of academic tenure was removed in 1988 from the United Kingdom. That's why we don't know it, mate. Yeah, well, good. I'm glad it was. It sounds stupid. But it's all over America and, and Canada still. But so if that- someone would like to offer me a job for life... Tenure. I, 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 w- I will take it. <laughs> I will take tenure. Um, so yeah, so the second part, which was the infuriating to watch, was Ross coming in and announcing he's got tenure in into the coffee shop, and obviously we know Rachel's just been fired. And yeah, to be fair, later on he says a little heads up would have been nice, and someone should have probably just jumped in at some point, right? I mean, they were trying their best to, weren't they? Were they though? Were they just sort of? They were dropping some strong hints. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, Ross was being dreadful, wasn't he? That it, it was really. That was my, you know, we talked about this in the very first episode of, of, of Friends with Friends about how you love Ross and I really disliked Ross. Oh, but he's still really bloody annoying. Yeah, and that, this was just one of those ones where you go, I know it's a character, I know this isn't real, but my God, that guy's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we must take a quick stop off, a uh, quicker light at the station of vanilla Israeli champagne, mustn't we? Yes, that sounds... Well, no reflection on where in the world that the wine comes from, the champagne comes from, but vanilla champagne sounds horrendous. A, it sounds dreadful, and he makes a point, so Chandler flags it, and Ross goes, oh, I got tenure, I didn't win the lottery, or something like that. Like, champagne's expensive, but... Ross has got a highly prestigious paid job for life yes. at a New York, at NYU. Ever there's an opportunity to treat yourself to a nice <laughs> bottle of champagne. Yeah. He talks about a champagne like it would be like buying a Ferrari, you know? Yeah, guaranteed income for the rest of your life. It's probably good. <laughs> yeah. I didn't win the lottery. Oh, you can get a good champagne for like 50 bucks, mate. Go and just go splash the cash. Important thing to also reference, um, Rachel's possessions when she leaves work. Um, include a lamp <laughs> uh, and a chair. Like who? T- uh, well, maybe this is something many people do, but who takes their own lamp into work? Well, I think the implication was that she was nicking a lot of stuff from the office, wasn't it? Including the chair. Um, so maybe I don't the- know why she'd want to nick them. No, it was very odd, wasn't it? A very strange thing to do. And it's not like it's not traceable back. Like getting out of the office with the chair and the lamp is as it turns out, fairly easy, even the security do come after her. But surely the next day when they go, where's Rachel's chair and lamp? Like, it's at her <laughs> old desk. It's pretty obvious who's taken them, right? I also completely forgot that Mark reappeared. Yeah, 165 episodes after his last appearance, which is wild. Mark didn't do anything problematic, or did he? He was, I'd say, so I was watching the one, the, the you know, the moment where the, the Ross and Chloe one, that we sure, were on a break yeah. thing, and... Mark definitely makes that situation worse because he knows he's that Rachel's on the phone to Ross and they're in this breakup. Do you remember? And he's in the fridge and he yes, shouts, oh, yeah. do you mind if I finish this? And she goes, shh, and then he says something else. And he, he deliberately makes his presence known there, I would say. I feel like Mark and Rachel would actually make quite a good couple. Yeah. 
A lot of shared interests, haven't they? But Mark's married, isn't he? So, ship sailed. Ship has sailed. Wife just had twins. Um, interesting, like, again, this goes back to etiquette of just general life, but she bumps into Mark and he says, oh, we might have something at Louis Vuitton. Why not just tell her about it there? Why does everyone have to go for dinner to talk about things? Like, that's not loads of detail necessary, right? We've got, we've got a job opening. Do you want to come in for an interview? <laughs> the also, end. he hasn't seen her for years and yet sees her outside a building for 10 seconds and is immediately up for giving her a job. Yeah, again, like there's just a lot of slightly strange and we know he's married with twins now, but again, from the point of view of his wife, you know, he's just bumped into Rachel at the end of the working day. He calls his wife and goes, oh, I'm not going to be home to help you put the newly born twins to bed tonight. Why? Oh, I'm just going out for dinner with that girl I used to fancy at Bloomingdale's <laughs> like a lot of it it's just a bit odd isn't it I think the the whole Rachel's job changing job is in Paris moment that comes towards the end of this episode feels like a big indicator that, that things are starting to wind up doesn't it yeah it's a real point like pointed moment in that sense isn't it and wasn't there after this episode I think we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago after this episode there's quite a big gap in when the episodes aired so this was quite a big cliffhanger that yes this up. was like the mid-season cliffhanger wasn't it yeah absolutely um, so this was a big, basically an end of season type vibe, wasn't it? As Amy flags up, and it is worth us talking about this, what the hell is going on with Ross and Mark for this entire interaction? So as Amy very correctly points out, Ross doesn't even remember who Mark is until after the interaction. Bullshit. Like, he absolutely should and will, because he is exactly the sort of petty man who would remember and resent him for life. That did not chime with Ross's personality, that he sort of put that to bed and and happily forgotten about it, did it? Absolutely. No, I thought that too. But based on the fact that he seems to have clearly forgotten, why, when Mark shakes his hand, does he go, hey, I got tenure? Like, what a weird thing to say. Yeah, it's, um, it's a strange thing to lead on with someone that at that point he thinks is a stranger. And let's be honest, Ross... Nobody knows what tenure is. We've proved that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just go around saying I've got tenure. Yeah, Mark should have just like shrugged him and like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, Ross also has a very bad moment, I'd say, in this, when he does realise who Mark is. And he goes, oh, I hate that guy. And then Ross says, bearing in mind that Ross and Rachel are not together <laughs> yes, at this point. Yes, yeah, I know what you're going to say. He goes, you cannot go to dinner with him, which even if they were together would be absolutely uh, not on in terms of a thing to say. But the fact that they're not even a couple, like, where's that come from? Like, Yeah, you get no say in this. He, the, just absolutely no say, but he says that so... Like, matter-of-factly, like, well, I've decided you cannot go to dinner with him. Like, bizarre, bizarre thing to say. Like I say, would have been absolutely out of the question even if they were together, but the fact that they're not just makes it obscenely weird. Classic Ross. Classic Ross. Uh, Chandler's line, though, it's seven years ago, my time machine works. Excellent. Big fan of that. But then that crashes heartily into another fucking weird joke with the big boobs. Yes, very uh, very childish, isn't it? Well, it felt very like season three, Joey or Chandler, you know, like it felt weird in this context that season 10, coming towards the end of it, Chandler's about to have twins, that he's just making big boob uh, mimes, like odd. Also, not just sort of enjoying <laughs> enjoying the boobs in the moment, 
but then sort of trying to pass on the enjoyment of having seen someone mm. with big boobs, trying to pass that on to a... F- like, that doesn't work. Like, it, it, Ross isn't going to see Chandler miming big boobs and being like, four, is it? That's, that's- <laughs> yeah, it's very 14-year-old that's never actually seen boobs, isn't it? Yes. Telling his other 14-year-old mate, I saw some good boobs today. It, yeah. The whole thing was a bit odd, wasn't it? Um, and then Ross has a final absolutely catastrophic moment that gets very glossed over but and she's not yet like allowed by ross to say it's in paris because before she can continue he says can i just stop you there who said this would all be great who said this would all be fine that something good would come along let her have a fucking moment ross what a a dick move that is to basically she's gone guys i've just got a new job and he's gone well let me tell you about what i said earlier Uh, i made this all happen so monica never changed her name absolutely all for that like you keep your own name but just a bit better communication lads is it you know just like it just feels like that's the sort of thing you might have had a chat about with your new spouse she also says um it felt nice to acknowledge this it's your marriage like (laughs) not not something like national cat day like it's it's quite ah. a big thing that you're trying to acknowledge isn't it she just says it's a really weird throwaway remark yeah i know it's very strange and again you know like credit to monica and Chandler and their little relationship their sort of very very secure relationship that they can just gloss over this and they're like okay you didn't change your name you told me you had but that's fine all the best and he's sort of like you didn't do it you dick basically yeah. so i do like that element of their vibe but i do i do feel for chandler in that moment to be like oh you just didn't you didn't didn't go for it and could have mentioned didn't, it. Didn't bother telling me about it, did you? No, no, yeah. that's fine. Uh, but this gives Phoebe the idea that she can go and change her name uh, now that she's married and she wants to change it to Hannigan Buffet or Buffet Hannigan or whatever. So off she pops to see Daryl from the office. I mean, looking much the same as he does in the office. Very Paul Rudd energy that uh, Craig Robinson has, isn't it? And like yeah, just absolutely. a very similar vibe. Who informs her that actually you can change this to anything you want. Now, we know Phoebe's kooky and weird right yes this is a stretch even for her isn't it yes uh, i mean it's also the idea that she doesn't fully understand the meaning of banana hammock (laughs) she's chosen it because it's a funny word she's made a very odd decision there to change her i don't i wonder how much it costs to change your name by deed poll but i imagine a couple hundred bucks at least like that's a bit of a expensive whim that she's gone on there isn't it well, it is. And I also think that you decide on your name before you got to the front of the queue. Yes. Well, yeah, it's... She's she's panicked in the moment, I'd say, there, right? And then she's going to have a friend's call her Valerie, uh, which is Lisa Kudrow's middle name. Fact fans. Is it? That's all i got for you there. Um, oh. But, yeah, that's. I, I wonder if there's a, a nod to that. I feel that like they're nodding. There was a, the thing we didn't actually mention in the Rachel Mark storyline. You know Rachel's co-worker whose name she doesn't remember? He's he's um, an actor that was basically an extra in all of Friends, and he's been in the background of loads and loads of episodes. <laughs> they let him have a moment, and they've basically just gone. Do you want a line, mate? You got oh, a line. That's nice. Right at the end, but it does feel like they're sort of wrapping up all these little details, doesn't it? And then we have the you know the infamous Princess Consuela crap bag moment with a shout out to Rita, Phoebe's massage client, who. Must think her masseuse is the maddest woman in the world. Yeah, she's not going back, is she? To an even madder man. But odd that it needed to be flagged to Phoebe that this was a fucking weird <laughs> thing that she's done. 
the scene where Mike and Phoebe are discussing this and the crap bag thing all happens. Mike is wearing a scarf, which is tied around his neck in one shot. Then the next, it's open and down his front, and then it's tied up in the next shot, and it just goes back and forward and back and <laughs> forward. And it's absolute, the, dog, the continuity is absolutely dog shit. It's so bad. So if you watch it, you'll only ever be able to watch Mike's scarf now in that scene from now on. Going to go back and watch. The first time I noticed it, I was like, oh, that's it. That's, I wasn't, wasn't even listening to the words anymore, Pete. I was just watching Mike's scarf consistently go uh, tied up, tied down, tied up, tied down. <laughs> and just like, nobody clocked that. Nobody noticed it. Come on, lads. You're better than that. Quiz? Oh, my God. Yes, quiz. Quiz. Which is good because I think my piece is nearly here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She split them up into levels one to four. Uh, depending on, I imagine, level of difficulty, but I guess we'll find that out in a minute. What's your marking scheme, Amy? What is your marking scheme? Are you ready for question one? Yeah, go for it. Level one. We're starting easy here. What job does Ross accuse Mark of wanting to hire Rachel for? Uh, I don't know that, do you? Yeah, his, his secretary. Oh, that's it, yes. His secretary. Uh, question two, Joey asks if he can have two things in his room at Monica and Chandler's new house, a sex swing and... An aquarium, as discussed. As discussed. Level two, question three. What was Joey proud of removing from his teeth? A seed. A seed. Yeah, that was a weird moment, wasn't it? Again, a proper Joey doesn't... Everyone's sort of celebrating these big life triumphs and Joey's celebrating this really inane thing. Like, (laughs) really sort of like Joey's an idiot toddler. Um, When Phoebe asked Monica where she went to get her name changed, what does Monica say? Uh, something like the name Ministry of Names Bureau, I want to say. That sounds convincing. Something like that. that. She, sort of, she, she slowly, Ministry of Names Bureau? You know, something like that, isn't it? Question five. We're into level three now, Pete. How long does Mr. Zellner spend proving that it was in fact true that Rachel's not a team player? I feel like an hour and a half, hour and a half springs to mind. I think it's 45 minutes, if I'm honest. Oh, I doubled it. You did double it, absolutely. I'm going to say 45 minutes. Look, we can we can we can have a difference of opinion and see who's right there. Uh, what's the name of the little girl that Joey befriends? Question six. Dakota, Dakota Fanny. Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Mackenzie, isn't it? Question seven. What's the name of Phoebe's massage client? Who she introduced oh, to Mike just slash crap bag? We did just mentioned Rita, didn't we? Uh, who was in Desperate Housewives? I recognised her, and I was like, "Where's she from?" And she was in a season of Desperate Housewives. There you go. Uh, and oh god question eight level four what sum is shown on the flashcard joey's attempting to work out when he meets the little girl oh my god Uh, i have no idea don't remember that i would guess it was something like eight plus two equals question mark like it's clearly like a kid's maths problem isn't it but i don't remember that at all kids maths problem is our answer kids maths simple mathematics over to you amy for the answers. Question one, his sex secretary. Yes. Question two, a sex swing and an aquarium. Two out of two, Pete. Question three, he got a seed out of his teeth. We're nailing this. Question four, Monica got her name changed at the Ministry of Names Bureau. Yay! Question five. Rachel had to sit there for 45 minutes while he proved that that was true. Question six. The little girl was called Mackenzie. Question seven. The massage client is called Rita. Rita. Question eight. 
The sum on the card read 12 plus 6 and Joey got it wrong. As did we. Oh. We're just like Joey. I think we did quite well there. Seven out of eight, mate. Ain't That'll bad, do. is it? That'll do. We I mean, the seven last. takes us to the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> yes, thank goodness for that. What a great format twist that is. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Amy. And, uh, you know, be warned if you're requesting episodes. That is the bar to, yeah. to clear now, to isn't it? In clear. Terms of the bar to clear. The bar to clear. <laughs> That's it. The one with Princess Consuela. Done and done. Another done. episode next week. We're working through your suggestions, but do keep sending them in. We, we've just we've sort of filtered them onto a list and we're working through them as they came in. So if you've requested one recently, uh, it might not be for... A f- fucking wait, all right? <laughs> I love aggressive Pete. <laughs> um, uh, but then, yeah, and like I say, uh, we're, we're announcing our thing next week. And the quiz is on last Sunday in August, 8pm British time. Oh, what's that? All the admin done? It's time to say goodbye, Dave. Bye-bye, Dave. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.